The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bike. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here's your host, Kyle Armstrong. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by My Race Pass. Here with uh, Hunter Weaver here in the studio again. If you listened to the, the previous episode there with Scott Shirey, we're kind of going to preview another driver that's going to run the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Model Series again. And of course, like I like I had stated, Hunter is the announcer for the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Model Series, and nobody on this planet knows more about Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Model Series drivers and and news and the schedule and everything going on with it so proud to have you back here on the show hunter yeah you know we talked about saturday is that it's our it's our bread this bread and butter so to speak and uh you know kind of the weekly guys and that's the one that really pays the bills uh that for these racetracks race fans all alike but um you know kegel automotive they jumped on as our title sponsor this year and then um uh, rick hendrick city chevrolet uh, big sponsor of Rally Auto Parts has stepped up big time this year as well. Um, of course, American Racer, uh, American Race Tire, uh, uh, American Racer South, my Spud is uh, official tire of the series as well. And uh, uh, we've had a few other different sponsors jump on board this year. Sanders Brothers Construction sponsoring our heat races, so um, it's going to be it's going to be pretty stellar to say the least. Absolutely, yeah. A lot of people are looking forward to it, and uh, we just. Had Scott Showery on there on the uh, on the last episode, and everybody, and he was just excited to tell us all about his upcoming series uh, season. And uh, so this week here, we're going to go to the Andy's Tow and Phone Lines here shortly, and we're going to talk to Colt Smith, uh, the driver of the Colt Forty Five machine. What can you kind of tell us about him to kind of preview what we've got coming up here on this uh, on this phone line? Yeah, Colt has ran with us one time with us since I've been there. Uh, it was like 2020 at Harrison. I think he runs sixth or seventh, and he had a 604 in, in there that night. It was before he had moved up to Limited's. But um, yeah, his uh, he's a he's a school teacher, and we'll kind of hit on that just a little bit. Um, but Colt was like he they run Limited's at weekly at Lawrence, and uh, Lawrence cut the Limited Lake models weekly out. So he was looking for an avenue to go, and he was like, this is a perfect opportunity. So, um, And Colts, they're really excited, great people. You're talking about a pure racing family. Uh, his, his son, CJ, uh, grew up racing go-karts, and then uh, he's racing uh, front-wheel drive cars now too. So um, they're, they're a purebred racing family. Well, that's good, man. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more about him. I don't really know a lot about him, I'll, I'll admit. So looking forward to this episode to, to kind of learn more about Colt and, uh, and his racing program. And, and maybe he can teach us something since he's a school teacher. So uh, we're looking forward to having him on the, on the line here in just a minute. So, uh, yeah, we'll take a quick break here on the, on the show, and we'll uh, come back on the other side, and we'll, uh, we'll fire up the Andy's Towing Hotline and call up Colt Smith. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. 
Welcome back here to the Forward Bike Podcast on the Andy's Towing Hotline tonight. We've got Colt Smith, uh, a school teacher that happens to drive a dirt lake model in his spare time, and he's going to run some Blue Ridge Outlaw races this year. And still got Hunter Weaver here with us to, to help us along with this, and the Blue Ridge Outlaw expert he is, Hunter Weaver. So, uh, so Colt, welcome to the podcast tonight, man. Good to have you on here. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely, man. We uh, just always looking for somebody to to get on here, and uh, it just worked out into your favor tonight. And uh, that's a lot had to do with uh, Hunter lining that up too. So, uh, what do you got going on uh, here right now? You getting your race cars ready for the for the season, I guess. And uh, and y'all's first race is going to be at Carolina here in March, right? Yeah. Well, as crazy as it is, like we um, both of my kids wrestle for the high school in Woodruff. And uh, heck, since ever since Gateway, we've been we've been in full wrestling mode. We've been gone, god, three, four, five days a week, following them around. Well, luckily, we didn't destroy the car at Gateway, so we we kind of got a pretty good little base to work off of right there. Um, pretty much, all we're waiting on is to buy some tires, and we're ready to rip. I don't think I realized you were at Gateway, so tell us about that because I don't think I had done my research here before we got started. So tell me, tell me how that deal went. G- Gateway is hard to explain. It's uh, it was so so cool of an experience. Uh, honestly, the ride, the ride out there wasn't terrible. The ride home, man, it's rough. <laughs> I mean, you're just ready to get back and be done and and sit on your couch, you know. But it was neat. There was, I think there was 150, right at 100, 150 cars or so there, fighting for 20 spots. And it was, we wasn't terrible. I mean, we, we were, we were decent. I think that's one of those deals that takes you a couple, you, it takes you a couple of experiences to figure out what you need. It's just so different than anything else you run. It's a great equalizer too, man. I was, uh, I watched it on TV and stuff, and I, I mean. Man, I, that Will Harrington went out there, and he's he's a friend of the podcast and whatnot and everything. He's been on here, but man, he went out there and just about upset the whole world and won that thing. So, there's who's to say that that somebody like you couldn't go out there and do the same thing? So it's cool that y'all went and got, and did that and got that experience. Yeah, it man, it just take you got to have a you got to have some luck. It just depends on who you're stacked with, where you're stacked with, and how it happens. We we ran on uh we ran our heats Thursday and the track was really hard and slick. And I, I didn't expect it to the track race is a lot bigger than it is, but there's still fences and walls like right on you the whole time. But if you heck if you start on the fourth or fifth row, I mean it's what do you what do you do unless you're willing just to demolish it? Yeah, and Kyle, he wasn't the only like limited type guy. Uh, former um, series regular Landon Zakalowski went out there. He's been out there, and then I think um, a guy from about the Outer Banks, Daniel Adam, uh, he's been running six oh twos, and he's kind of been flirting with the limited stuff. And he took a five twenty five out there as well and ran. And uh, I think he's running with Steel Block Bandits, I think. But uh, um, uh, he's uh, he's another guy that. And the thing about it is, is that it's so equal. The track's so small. You don't need all that horsepower. No, man, you can't. You can't. Our limited motor felt like Godzilla, like in a in a bedroom or something. It was it was way <laughs> more than you could put down. Yeah, 
Yeah, you talk about the the long ride to get there and, and the long ride back. I know exactly what you mean by that. I'll, by the time this episode comes out, I'll actually be on my way to East Bay, Tampa, Florida, this weekend for the for the Lucas Oil race. It's going to go down there and catch a few nights of racing, but um, but we'll probably just have a great time riding down there. And then whenever it's time to come home Sunday, we'll be uh, we'll be war slam out ready to sit on the couch like you said and i and i just love that because i can relate to that so much well you know the 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 bad part is like you don't really know with your first year like exactly how things work so we was trying to learn it as we went we we left on uh what was it wednesday golly i don't remember what it was we left at 10 o'clock the night before we had to be there and we got down there and then we waited in the parking area by the time they get right part, it's like seven or eight o'clock at night. So I think we were up for over forty hours at that point, and we was all ready to kill each other and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's a long. That's a long day. That's a long two days. So I understand. Go ahead. Hunter. Yes, so Colt. You know, um, you know, kind of tell uh, the viewers about how kind of how you started in racing and uh, how long it's been going for you because. Uh, um, you've been around a longer than what a lot of people think. So, um, you know, Kyle's probably going to learn a lot here too, but, uh, kind of tell uh, viewers about how you got started and, um, uh, what was probably your first memories of racing? I will, my, my, all of my family's raced as long as I can remember. My grandpa raced and my uncles and all of them raced and heck it pretty much started out. The first race I remember going to was at Lawrence when I was a kid, probably in God, 19, 1989 1990 i probably wasn't four or five years old at the time anyway we started uh, we started racing go-karts when i was seven years old and we ran them and then we we got to play with rc cars and we raced them for a while and after i got a little older we, we built the force on our car and we ran at cherokee and harris and traveler's rick i well traveler's rick it was windy hill and then uh riverside actually won my first race at riverside that was the first race we run so it was all it was all downhill from there. I thought we had it figured out, but you find out in racing really quick that uh, <laughs> you can get humbled really fast. We had, uh, but, uh, yeah, we had uh, Scott Showery on here, and it's like you just told the same story he told. Like you just, you just kind of just grew up around it, and then you go run run one of your first races, and he, he like he told us, he ran real good, and uh, and I said, man, the bug bit you right then, didn't it? And he's like, yeah. So that sounds like the same deal happened with you, and especially no, I remember the, being a kid. And just like uh, begging dad just to go out to the shop just so we could hang out with the race cars. Yeah. I was, I guess I was an easy kid. I just, man, as long as I was around a race car, I was good. I didn't know, uh, I didn't know you, uh, that you'd been around racing long enough to head ran at Riverside, but that's cool to hear, uh, that you hear you say that. Cause I, uh, I, I got to go to a few races down there and, uh, man, I, I'm, I really do miss that place. And, uh, actually stopped by there on my way back from Georgia, just, you know, it's nothing's there anymore, but it's still there and or there's still remnants of where it used to be actually. And I know we're going off on a tangent here, but it's kind of interesting really like there's like a couple of turn circles there that's on that property and they're like paved with pavers. And if you go and compare the, the topograph or whatever, the old aerial photo with that, those are actually placed where turns one and two and three and four used to be. So like, I don't know if they did that on purpose, but it's like it's like you're standing in one and two on one. It's it's kind of neat the way they did it. And then of course Redneck Hill is still there, but it's like got condos on it and stuff now. And like people are hitting golf balls, and it's 
just a weird <laughs> deal. But man, I, I truly miss that place, and I hate that it went away. But I, you know, at least you did have Traveler's Rest Speedway right down the road there to to fall back on. Yeah, it, it was close. <laughs> it, like the like growing up, like Lawrence always ran like uh, they had a little different rule package than everywhere else, and we never really ran down there. Well, heck, I never ran down there after we. We ran the four-cylinder car for a couple of years, and I got the wild hair to build an asphalt car. And we went and ran at Grimble Pickens for a couple of years. And uh, we ended up, uh, we, we had the plans of buying a, a late model stock car. And uh, we sold everything we owned or wasn't bolted down and ended up buying a, a 604 late model. And we ran it. And it's, the, the wild thing about that is that half the guys we were racing against are all in Lucas Oil and World of Outlaws and, so, heck, we was running, you know, 10th, 15th or so back then, and I wasn't happy with it. But looking back, heck, that really wasn't a bad deal when you're racing against 80, 80 cars a weekend. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, a lot of them guys, are, uh, they've, I guess they kind of have moved up and they're big dogs now. What were some of them? What were some of the names there you can remember if you want to name drop anybody? Hey, I won't ever forget. The first time we, <laughs> I think it was the second race of the year, we pulled up the 311 Speedway. And uh, there was a, there was an old Rayburn car sitting on an open trailer in front of us. It had a bright orange 49 on it. Yeah. I was like, who's this guy? Well, then we pull in the pits and part beside Richard Childress's stackers with uh, Ryan Gifford and, and Austin Dillon in it. And I looked at my dad. I was like, man, we're in trouble. <laughs> I'm pretty well, sure I was at that one. Hey, sure Davenport went out there and smoked them that night. And <clears> everybody was looking at his shocks. They were running like the Coney's like, like Rayburn used to run and just shook their head. But <laughs> what do you do? He just smoked it. Yeah, that was a, I, I remember that. I, I was taking pictures at the time and I still have, I probably still have pictures from that night and may have pictures of your car. I just have to get back through there and look, I guess. But, but that was pretty wild though that Davenport got started off in that Rayburn and, and, uh, kind of, kind of put Rayburn on the map again there toward the end of his, toward the end of his run. So, and I'll tell you, Colt, uh, you and Dave Colt, uh, you and David Payne have the same thing in common being a, being a school teacher. So, you know, how did you end up uh, being in the world of uh, the uh, the school system, and uh, how did you get involved with that, and uh, what do you teach? It was kind of weird. Like the they they had I've been at GE Aviation for right at thirteen years. And the, the teacher I had at Artie Anderson, which is where I work now, he had posted online they were looking for an instructor for a machine tool. And I thought about it and thought about it. And uh, I, I just thought it would be cool to do. I love working with kids. Uh, it's kind of weird how all of it ties in between, like, coaching my kids' little league sports and, and going through different stuff. It just kind of fit. And the more I thought about it, I – I thought it was cool. Uh, you, you know, when I first saw it, I was kind of like, well, heck, teachers don't make no money. I can't do that. But it all it all worked out. That's right. If, if it's meant to happen, it'll everything will work out and uh, everything will be provided to you as long as you're going in the right direction and doing the thing you're supposed to do. But, man, I, you know, uh, uh, another thing is, is that another person you grew up around and I've talked to you a few times about it. I think I've talked to the other person about this is Lee Cooper and you and Lee Cooper are good friends. And, uh, 
Um, how long has that relationship kind of been and uh, been together and um, and all that? Oh man, I love Lee to death. We uh, we actually met racing go karts over at Sugar Tit back in God. That was probably the mid nineties. And uh, we we really wasn't friends then. I mean, we would talk to each other, but we actually went to where I work now at R.D. Anderson and took machine tool together. And uh, that's when Lee was running. He just had started running his four cylinder car, and he was running around Cherokee a good bit. And heck, from then on, me and Lee's been best friends. Heck, we're still best friends now. I mean, that's there's very few people you can count on at any given time, and that's that's my guy. Yeah, I owe, uh, I owe Lee an appointment on this podcast at some point. We've been I've kind of went back and forth with him talking over, talking about it over the over the years, and I don't know if he wants to do it or not. But he's welcome to come on anytime. He'll probably hear this with you being on it. So, oh, I'm sure he would, man. Lee <laughs> Lee's so busy. He's between running the chassis <laughs> chassis shop, and you know both his kids are in in baseball and softball and everything else. It's it's tough. They do. They do a little bit of their own racing too. The only his son. So. Oh yeah, I mean you have Luke racing in between everything else. I mean, heck, there's been plenty of times they leave a softball game and and head to the racetrack. That's cool. <laughs> I've seen. I mean, heck, what's what's cool about that though is like me and Lee are best best friends, and then you know Luke and my son CJ are are just as tight as me and Lee. So that's really cool. That is cool. And you know CJ, he's uh, he hasn't done he hasn't got raced quite as long as Luke has, and uh, you know CJ's kind of got into the front wheel drive type stuff. And but I remember him when he started in go kart racing, and uh, you know he he come right off the right off the rip, and he was quick, and uh, it was kind of the same way Luke was. They just came out they came out swinging. I, I think it, I think it helps some their daddies raced a little bit and had somewhat of an idea, and I ain't saying that always helps, but. I know the with the go-kart stuff, the, when CJ got his first go-kart, he'd been on me for about two years. And I think we ran like a three-day race one weekend. It was like Lawrence, Livonia, and Cherokee. And I told him if I won one of them, I'd buy him a racing go-kart. And I'd be darned pretty much there and win the first night. So I had to buy a go-kart. <laughs> so what kind did you get? It was a Platinum TG1. And I'm going to tell you, man, I rode that thing. Uh, I ran it with his seat and all, like with one butt cheek sticking up in the air. I remember that. Almost won the race with the darn thing. <laughs> I remember that he was at, uh, uh, you were at Crossacre. It was one day, and uh, he re- he got up and and I seen well Colts running Colts running adult stuff, and I was like okay. So he comes out there, and I'm not kidding you. He comes out there, and he is sitting so high up in the air, it's unreal. And I looked down, I was like, his butt's not even in the seat. <laughs> no, and the pedals are stuck up right right behind the bubble. Oh, it was it was a mess, but heck, I think I had about as good a time then as I have ever. Well, that's good you won, but that sounds like that could have been dangerous if something would have went wrong. Uh, I don't think there's no danger of me getting stuck in it. <laughs> well, it might have sent you flying through the flying <laughs> through the air or something. You could have got thrown from the wreckage if you would have wrecked. So anyway, but it sounds like it worked out pretty good though. Oh, it was fun, man. We do everything as a family. It's me and my wife and uh, CJ and Tyler, my two kids, and and Kenny. And we we just we just we all race together. We don't matter what we're doing, if we're fishing or racing or whatever. We just all do it together. What's uh What's one of your favorite racetracks to go run at? I know you've been uh, to a by lot far, of them. I I've got a soft place in my heart for Lawrence. I, I just like the place. But other than it, I think Tri County. Yeah, Brasstown. 
Brasstown's awesome. The only bad thing about Brasstown living in the upstate of South Carolina, there is not a good way to get in there. No, it's a good. I, I can tell you how to. Well, I can tell you how I would go if I was if I was on eighty five there. I'd go down the, go down and go through uh, Highway seventy six, go through Hiawassee, and go through Warren, North Carolina, and then go over to uh, sixty four. Actually, go to Murphy, North Carolina, and come in on the side over there with the big road. That way, you're not going through the sticks, but. That's the way to go. That's probably what way y'all go, I guess. We've we've been two or three different ways, and it's there's there's the it's amazing to me they can get those big stackers and all up in there. I don't yeah. know how in the world they get up through some of those mountain roads with them. That's why I said if you go over if you get over there, it's all pretty good roads. But if you get over and go through Murphy and then go to uh, get on sixty four, but anyway, that's just see. I got family down there, and we've gone down there our whole life, so we kind of grew up going to races at tri-county and i've been there a lot of times more than uh before anybody had ever heard of it you know it's sort of sort of on the map now with some of the things they've done there in the last few years with ray cook and everything and a lot of the tv races coming in there it's really it's pretty cool to see because like i said i've been going there before whenever it was just a backwoods hillbilly dirt track back in the <laughs> back in the day hole and, in the wall and it still kind of is in a way but uh but they've had some good races there over the last several years well, it's, it's a really, it's, I, don't, I can't really put my finger on what it is, if it's the surface or what, but the track is, it's a small track, but it races, you can race wide open around it, or you can chug around the bottom and and kind of kind of race slow around it. It's kind of a, it's just a special little place. Yeah, we actually had Ray Cook on here a couple of, uh, well, the two, a couple episodes ago, and he, uh, he talked about it talked about how you know what they've done there to make improvements and everything and and of course ray's been all over the country and everywhere in between so all these different racetracks so he's put everything that he liked about all of them into that one place and i think that's what you got there and uh and and i and i i think it's pretty i think it's pretty cool that you mentioned that and i, I love that track myself it's, it's just it's just a different little joint i'll tell you that the place i'm really excited to go to i've never been to is lancaster Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. You talk about a polar opposite of Tri County to Lancaster. Oh, That's a yeah. big, big, long, fast straightaways and tight corners. You, you know, Mike it, Huey characterizes this well. Is that you know he he can get around Lawrence and Lancaster, but they're both shaped the same. But it, it ain't nowhere near the speed. And I heard Josh Langley characterize it one time. He said most places you're going to go count how many seconds before you get to the corner. You're gonna go like three or four or five but you go in there you're going about seven or eight or nine before you get into straightaway there but man it's just one of those places you get time to throw them over the shoulder and just don't worry about it <laughs> it just goes but it's just tight enough to where you still have to check the car up getting in the corner i think that'll i think that'll be that'll work to us for whatever reason man I, I struggle on big wide open momentum tracks i don't know why i just don't like that style of racing as much if they get that track just right some nights it'll it'll slow down and race pretty good and but yeah, you're talking about a totally different gear ratio from Lawrence or Tri County when you go to Lancaster. You better, you better, oh, I you better saddle up. <laughs> it's like a dirt Martinsville, so to speak. Yeah. You go down to one corner and go down the other end and stop, and then go back wide open the other way and stop getting in the corner, basically. So, uh, so Colt, you're going to run. Uh, did did uh, I believe Hunter said you're going to run full time this year of the Blue Ridge Series? So, uh, what are you most looking forward to in that deal? You know, just really kind of looking forward to just kind of traveling around and and hitting different racetracks. We've kind of set we've settled in at Lawrence the last handful of years, and we've ventured out and ran other places here or there. 
but I, I think it'd be cool. We, we, we've got good enough equipment and enough people behind us. I really think we can run really good. And that's, well, we'll see what we got. I, you, it, go ahead. Oh, I would, it, you, you know, running weekly, you, you could, it's easy to, I say it's easy. It's not really easy running one place and getting good at it. But I think you get better as a driver when you hit different places. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 really a pretty cool little working man's tour, and you can uh, you can still teach your classes there, and uh, and still make it to the racetrack most uh, most every Friday and Saturday night, and that's uh, that's a pretty cool deal about this. And, it, and they're all centrally located to your area too, pretty much. So you can uh, you can pretty much be in any of these places in four within four to six hours or, or less most of the time. About so two or so. Yeah, maybe about two. Yeah. But, um, but it's it's a pretty good deal for for uh, for a regional racer like that. That's what that played into the what us deciding to run it big time. You know, our, our <laughs> local track dropped they dropped the limited class, and you could go to you know Livonia or or Tacoa or you had Hartwell, but Hartwell closed up for the year. And I I, I thought about trying to you know trying to sell what we had and get another 602 so that we had more options but just to be honest with you i just i just don't like 602 racing yeah i almost sometimes i i love david smith to death and he's sort of on the twilight of his career in a way i hope you don't hear me say that but but he but i sort of sometimes feel like i can probably run faster or jog faster than them 602s you know david um, told me so he's to got, speak david told me he's got a 525 and he yeah. had thought about running. I mean, I've tried to talk him into it all year last year. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. But, you know, the, the cost factor that we were talking about a minute ago, the tire the tire cost. And, Cole, yes. I don't even know if you know this statistic or not. When Matthew Nance went into the championship last year, he bought 23 tires all year. He spent thirty. He spent less than $4,000 on tires. So that right there really – uh, gives an insinuant to think, hey, this is a good way to go. And I think tire the tire is like 150, 160 a piece. So I'm sure that played a, a factor into running it too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, I talked to a fellow the other day. He's saying that uh, the Hoosier is supposed to go for around $280 a piece yeah. this year. Yeah, they keep going up. I mean, I'm in the, I work at SRI and we, uh, about every time they come in, it goes up another $5, it seems like, unfortunately. But, uh, that's just the name you of the game. It is the scariest side about it, man. Everything, the cost has went up so much in just everything. I, I hope racing can hold on. I really do. But your average guy's in trouble if it gets much more crazy than it is. I mean, heck, if it wasn't for having, you know, some, some sponsors, the sponsors we have, we, we couldn't do none of this. Oh, for sure. The sponsors are uh, the most important part, Colton. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, what else have we got for you. If you, you know the uh, the the last year, I don't know if you've seen a picture of it, Kyle, but he had on the door like you know the old. I love cars when they have a name on the door, and last year was the Crescent Comet, uh, is what it said on the door last year. So the name of the shop, for those who don't know, is called the Crescent Race Barn. So, Colt, how did that kind of how did that come about, and where did that how did that story take place? As crazy as it is, me and me and my son were going to the trash dump before last year, and uh, we we seen a Hudson Hornet come up the road. My son went ballistic. He's like, "Oh my God, look, there's Doc Hudson. That's him." <laughs> and, and I looked, I looked at him. I said, "How cool would it be if we put something on the door of the race car instead of a number?" 
And he was like, man, I like the way you're thinking. So we bounced some random stuff off each other. He said, what about the Crescent Comet? And I was like, buddy, that's it. Man, yeah. I love it. Yeah, we, we put it. Yeah, I love that story. That's a good question you asked him, Hunter. I didn't even wouldn't even have thought about asking something like that but yeah i love that little story and that's pretty cool that your that your young son happens to know what a hudson hornet is just because of that cars movie i, I really get a I get a kick out of that hey he's a man he's he's 15 years old now but he, he's so mature for his age he, he he's my he, he's my guy i mean he's he, me and him are together all the time he's we whether it's wrestling racing fishing bickering over something me and him can do it and get over it and we still we still good with each other i mean i love him to death is that is he uh has he helped much on the race car too he does he does he's if i'm in the shop he's usually in the shop that's good you got your own built-in uh crew members there they gotta earn yeah, their key don't they hey they got they got to i tell them if, if they, they want to get paid to do chores and all around the house and i told him i said buddy whenever that light switch slips on uh there, there's your chore right there. Yeah, no doubt. You know, Colt, I, a lot of people love the series because of what we do with body rolls, uh, running topless, side panels, stuff like that. Is that something you don't see? And I, the, he's got the picture of the size folder he's going to run, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. But, um, you know, that's one thing that, that stands out about it is that how many times do you get to run topless and run sides folders and run different things like that? I've always liked running topless. It just inside the car, it's crazy how much more you can see. Like it's you can see in the stands and stuff, and it, it's crazy as it is, man. Whenever you're parked on the front stretch and there's some youngins running down to the fence and they're waving, all you can't always see it. But when there's not a top on the car, you can see all the way to the top row. So be sure you can wave at all of them and give them a thumbs up or whatever. I mean, that's cool for those kids. Uh, you know, Alex Hendren talked about that, and he's running full time again this year. Been uh, Kyle, you know Steve Hendren real well, and uh, they're good people, man. But Hendren race engines. But Alex told me um, I was there the first night he ever tested with a side spoiler at Harris, and he said, "Come on up and watch it." So I go over there, and he's he's running times that I was like, "Man, even though you didn't have the the tire that, that he just had some tires he threw on it, but he was still." you know, quick enough to have been in the top five or even on the pole. But he said, man, you got to drive this thing like a freaking idiot. He said, he said, it makes no sense of how you do it, but it's it's something to get used to. Hey, man, if you'd have told me five years ago that aero, aero mattered on a short racetrack, I'd have laughed at you. But, man, these cars are so aero now. I mean, you can tell it's to the point where if you get behind somebody getting in the corner, you'll skate the nose. Oh, easy. And, you know, Lancaster's kind of that way. But, um, you know, uh, we got a lot of good things come up. And I know you guys, uh, we, we do a lot with charity with the St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital as well. And uh, um, every race, uh, we have drivers coming through the stands with their helmets and uh, collecting money for St. Jude's. So uh, they collect that each and every race, no matter what. Um, so I'm sure that's something that, uh, it means more to be a part of a series that just because we're not just racing, but we're trying to do it for a good cause as well. That's a good thing, man. St. Jude's is probably, that is, that's my favorite charity out of, out of any of them. If you look at like what, what they take in versus what they take out they're they're really in it for the right reasons. And that, that's huge. Yeah, man. I, I do get a kick out of that too. Seeing the drivers come through the stands with their helmets and stuff. I know the. I know everybody up there appreciates getting getting to see them and meet them and greet them and 
throw a little throw a few bucks in the in the helmet. I know that's a they you guys raise a lot of money on that deal, it's Hunter. A, and that's a that's a that's a stand up thing that y'all's series does. You know, it's an awesome fan engagement as well. You know, and, and that's something I've talked about with Jason is maybe doing a fan zone type thing to have a couple cars out front signing autographs before the race or whatever for like thirty like forty five minutes in front of the the front gate or something and. Um, I'm kind of going to bring that to him and see if we can get a sponsor for that, you know, hint, hint, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's going to be something really cool and, uh, got a lot of good things coming up. So, um, Colt, I'm sure you're probably about as excited as ever, because how many times do you get to run a traveling touring series where that many people have committed to run it? Hey, that's good stuff, man. I, you know, anytime you're touring though, you're running, I mean, that's, you're not running against a bunch of scrubs per se. I mean, there's no. if they don't drove two or three hours, <laughs> they're there to race. So that makes it that makes it even better. I hey, some nights you're gonna win them, some nights you're gonna lose them. As, as long as we all make it back safe, that's a that's a win in my book. Exactly, but there's also two Colt 45s running this year. It's you and Colton Stanley. So uh, Keith can't count the younger kid, but uh, uh, we'll have to figure out how we're going to score y'all because y'all have the exact same number and exact same letter in front of it. <laughs> just, just call me the comment and I'll be all right with it. I mean, I could call you different there, but we'll have to figure out what we're going to do on scoring on that. But the only difference is, is yours is blue and white and his is uh, like black and orange kind of combo type thing. But, um, you know, who is, what's probably your favorite or probably one of your favorite memories of, of uh, your racing in the past and um, something that probably be hysterical? I, well, I don't know if it's funny or not, but I know like we've uh, running with running around Lawrence. We've raced with Dale and Larry Timms a lot, and they're real good friends of mine. But I just just ain't never had what could never could never outrun them. In the the last race of the year, me and Larry were lined up on the front row for the feature, and he, he got ahead of me right there at the beginning, and I started pounding the top at Lawrence. And I know that sounds crazy, but. I seen a little hole and I shot up in it and ended up winning the race. And that was, that made me feel like I'd done something that night that if, if you can, if you can outrun Larry at Lawrence, you've done something, something legit. Oh, yeah. Him, Frank Coates, uh, red, white 21 car. Uh, he's in that group as well. And then you got, uh, Taylor Puckett's running all the time down there. He, he was running down there all the time uh, last year as well, but. Uh, Dino Long, he's another one that he'll kind of hit and miss on the tour as well. He won one of them last year at Harris, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I can't wait to see all you guys battling it out this year. And I'm sure the, the excitement's and in, in it's ratcheting, the intensity's ratcheting up for Carolina. It, it, man, as far as funny, at the time it was, and it, looking back it is now, and I still catch heck about it this day, but it was the first year we, we got back in a late model car and was running 602 down there. And, was leading the race, and I think, man, everybody and their brother was there. Uh, Dustin Morris was in David's car. It was, I mean, it was a stacked field of 602. Took the white flag, run into one and two, and spin out by myself. Back, <laughs> I backed it in the wall, and some old boy come down there and asked if I was all right. And I was like, no, I ain't all right. I just spun out and lead the race. He, he might have been checking on you physically, but I'm sure mentally you wasn't there. <laughs> No, and you know the bad, the the funny part is, is my my son gave me a fit about this for years. And I'll be darned if he didn't do the same thing, and I didn't have to say nothing. He's like, "Don't even say it, Daddy. Don't even say it." It's all right. Well, um, man, I I tell you what, we've had a good show here tonight. I 
I'll tell you what, we'll, uh, we might have to do this again sometime. You get in victory lane or something. We'll get it back, get you back on here, Colt. But, uh, learned a lot about you tonight and I know all the listeners are going to enjoy hearing it. And, uh, I'll give you a chance to, uh, shout out your sponsors here before we wrap this thing up for tonight. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. We got a uh, L&L landscaping, Hurley construction, uh, prime septic, Shaper's oil from Keith Brady. Uh, of course, Lee and them with Excel, uh, CarQuest Lawrence, Greenville Life, um, my buddy Wayne, my buddy Kenny. Uh, without them, man, we, we we couldn't do this stuff. We're we're in way over our head now, but we try hard. Yeah, man, absolutely. We'll uh we'll see you at the racetrack here coming up in uh, in a few weeks. At uh, probably go down there to Carolina and watch you run, and I'll come down there and introduce myself and say hello. I guess. Uh, guess we uh never met before but we'll do it there so uh thanks for being on the podcast tonight and uh, we'll do it again sometime probably absolutely thank you all all right this has been another edition of the forward bike podcast i'm your host kyle armstrong for hunter weaver we'll see you next week